welcome to episode 50 of Mystery Dungeons and Dark Rise, a Pokemon role-playing adventure and the tale of two young trainers and their journey together through the Yume region. I'm Coatsy and I'm doing this in person for the first time in about eight months. <laughs> Why are you laughing, Jack? Uh, just, just, uh, just taking it all in. Hopefully this time, Bill and I do a voice for the first time, I won't just burst into laughter because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was quite awkward. But I think we've been doing it long enough now. But it's not so bad. Anyway, yeah, that's me. I'm Coatsy and I'm your Dungeon Master. Nice to meet you. Nice yeah. to meet you, yes. Hello, hello. <laughs> hello you everyone. both look very different over than over a Zoom screen. Yeah, no, I can't hide the weight as well. <laughs> yeah. Got my slimming stripes instead. <laughs> I'm Jack. I play Felix, a shy but stubborn boy who is also a bit of a super sleuth. I'm Chris. I play Chuck, son of a nurse joy who moved from Pewter City to the Yume region and surprisingly sleuthed his way through this, his last episode. Which we have no idea about each other's no whereabouts or what happened or anything so we haven't actually listened or spoken about our individual episodes to each other if we've been on not lockdown well we have been on lockdown we've been on lockdown from each other yeah i oh, know we, we still talk to each other if there's one set of episodes you probably shouldn't listen to because we're going to go into blind the last two were the two yeah yeah you were completely cut off from each other you had your own separate adventures i know i missed him even though Chris, over the last two weeks, has been going, tell me, tell me. <laughs> Can I just say one thing? <laughs> okay, fuck, fuck the facts for oh. this episode. We'll, we'll save them for the next one. We're not going to do a recap. If no. you want to know what happened in the last two episodes, then go and listen to the last two episodes. They were brilliant. Lots of stuff happened. And we Lots of Should we just do this for every recap now and say, if you want to know what happened in the no. last episode, no. go listen to it. No. no. Like, <laughs> You lazy gits. Mainly, I like doing the recap so I can remember what happens in the previous episode. <laughs> you go listen to the last episodes then. <laughs> Obviously, because you two edit them, so you hear them like so many more times than I do. I come in going, what did we do? I can't wait till we discuss what happens in the last episode and Jack just goes, ah. Pokemon? I've got three I've got three pages of notes ready. So. Paper scrunching. <laughs> yeah. just, like, just to paint the picture as well for everyone listening, we are all sat here wearing customised mystery dungeons and dark cries snapbacks at the moment there are only three in existence <laughs> and we own them and for proper pokemon purposes as well chris and i are currently pointing forward but when yep. shit goes down they will be sent backwards I'm, I'm a backwards man all the all the way so the dm's always ready i'm ready right oh are I'm you gonna ready sh- i'm gonna shit i think pants. i'm ready yeah i'm ready okay i listened to the last episode on the way up in the car and it ended just as i pulled in so we start this episode in the warehouse. Luca is running towards a commotion at the L-shaped computer console on the other side of the large room. From what you can see, involves three Team Nightmare grunts having a scuffle. Chuck, you've just stepped out of the lift and you are watching Red and Blue with Pokemon out walking towards Phoenix who's standing on the large floor elevator that you used to access the room earlier. Oh, okay. <laughs> Adam turns to Chuck and gives you a look and then runs after Looker towards the commotion, releasing his Toxicroak as he goes. Felix, you're stood on the lift with Red and Blue slowly walking towards you with a Pikachu and a Pidgeot out. Behind them, you see Looker, Adam and Chuck exit the lift you used to get onto this floor. And you hear Looker shout, Harry! And run across the room, closely followed by someone you don't 
recognise... Well, you do recognise Adam from the pits. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you catch a glimpse of a purple Pokemon following them. Right. Chuck, you need to make a decision on what you're going to do. Oh. So you've got Looker going over to a commotion in front of you, uh-huh. and you've got Felix stood on the lift. With it's Red not really a decision, is it? But it kind of unfurls her wings and awkwardly is stepping out of the lift behind <laughs> Chuck. <laughs> and clocks Felix at the same time as Chuck and just takes flight, lands in front of him, standing between Felix, red and blue. Okay. Okay. Felix. So Felix was quite in shock, almost frozen in awe and horror, really after seeing red and blue come towards him Pokemon out especially with one of those being a Pidgeot which I think you saw I couldn't leave put at the end of the episode was something that had haunted my childhood um, oh, of course yeah so seeing Boomer come in and fly down and land smack bang in front shakes Felix out brings him back into the living world really <laughs> Boomer how did you get Chuck Chuck and he's kind of like trying to obviously boom his right in front just trying to see if, if he can find Chuck and Chuck's sprinting towards Felix on the platform at this point Boomer just roars and lets out unleashes a jet of flame in an arc above her it's well interesting fuck it's a 19 for Chuck it's a 16 for Felix okay Chuck you're up first I'm up first okay sweet Chuck turns to Felix and says hey buddy did you miss me <laughs> Then turns to blue and red. All right, Boomer, let's prove ourselves here. Flamethrower. So please make an evasion check. Pikachu got a 31. Fucking hell. Pidgeot got a 33 and a natural 20. Okay. They are still going to take some damage. That is quite hot dice for you to start. (laughs) Yeah, 20. Can we not, not, please? (laughs) As she finishes her roar with the previous jet of flame, she just snaps her attention and her eyes glint and unleashes another jet of flame towards the Pikachu and the Pidgeot. Pidgeot seems to take flight, but it just catches its tail feathers. The Pikachu's just zipping around in front of her. 15 fire damage. Red just lifts up a hand and points at Boomer. From above you, you start to hear a rumbling. Oh, fuck you. Okay, fine. This is going to hurt. Okay, so (laughs) the Pikachu just starts zipping around the floor, and then it jumps into the air, and it just starts to do a little spin. And from the end of its tail, you see this yellow electric ball form and just flies, hitting Boomer straight in the face. Electroweb. Electroball. 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 37 electric damage which is doubled which is to then 72 doubled to 72 okay wow this might be the first time that we actually have to use all of our team in a battle yeah. <laughs> boomer sees this ball of electricity coming towards her hits her straight in the gut she didn't expect it to hurt quite so badly because she's just not used to having this additional fight the flying type felix you're up felix takes a big breath in and goes okay However, as we say, in front of him, the left unguarded Pokemon at the moment is something that has tortured him throughout his whole childhood and he's having some difficulties in trying to muster up some courage, but he just feels a ghostly hand on his shoulder and with, for the first time, perhaps a a serious look and a bit of a nod rather than anything cheeky and sassy, he feels calmed and composed as Inky floats out in front of him looking ready to go to war. Inky, let's try something new. 
she's psychic on that Pidgeot. Inky kind of, he sort of puts his, <laughs> he puts his fingers to what would be his temples and closes his eyes. Seems to focus for a split second and then as he opens them, his eyes are burning bright kind of pink. He's staring down at the Pidgeot that for a moment doesn't look like anything's happening. Then all of a sudden you just kind of see its wings slow, almost as if it's in slow motion and then just crunch up like you know when you see a car go into an impound lot and then gets crushed into one of those compactors yeah just kind of see its wings come in its feet come in its head and neck just kind of twist and contort into a, a little ball mm -hmm. that's really not good that's 11 damage but you're also confused cool nice. yes blue smiles after this attack of course he does and just says pidgeot mirror move <laughs> Pidgeot lets out a big cry and glows pink and Inky braces itself to take the psychic damage when all of a sudden Pikachu just flies around yes. the room and just slams straight into a wall <laughs> and takes 17 damage. Red just looks at Blue with a steely glare as though to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> and Blue just looks at him and is like uh, and he just has no answer at all seeing the Pikachu get launched into the wall and go crashing further away from Boomer Chuck sighs a mental sigh of relief and says Boomer sorry girl I'm going to need you later come on back let's ground this Pikachu he's been naughty <laughs> Mac Mako come on out <laughs> going to get a good grounding son <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. That cool. sounded way cooler in your head than when you said that out loud. Don't care. I love it. Right, Matt goes out. Pikachu shrugs. He's Pik been naughty. Pikachu shrugs off the psychic attack and jumps forwards. And Red just points at the Mako. And Pikachu darts forward, its tail shining a silvery glint as the light hits it. 30. Three steel damage. Ooh. Yeah, we're gonna need our like half health per hit. So the Pikachu gets close to Mako and just swings its tail, which you see has turned complete metal, and just slams it straight into Mako, who tries to block it with his claws and his talons, but you can see just gets knocked back a couple of feet as he takes this massive hit, and then Red just clenches his fist as Pikachu disappears and then reappears punching Mako straight in the face with a quick attack Shit. but only does 6 extra damage okay. with the quick attack Phoenix seeing the somewhat success of the, the previous attempt, looking quite painful for the Pidgeot but not really doing as much damage as he thought looks at Inky and goes, that was just a warm up buddy, I know you've got it in you, hit it harder Psychic, again you see a couple of couple of lines furrow on Inky's brow as he really tries to concentrate. Again, fingers to his temples, opens his eyes with a brilliant pink glow. And again, you see the Pidgeot just sort of start to crumple. Its wings come in. You see a few feathers start to just pop out um, as he's sort of crushed under this psychic weight from Inky's attack. Um, and it will do 13 damage this time. Okay. <laughs> That's fucking terrible. Let's go. Let's go, let's go. Let's go, let's go. Blue just shouts. Go that door, you follow. Let's go, let's go. <laughs> Blue looks at Pidgeot and says, enough of the clever stuff. Air Slash. So, 
the Pidgeot's wings glow white and it just claps them together in front of it, sending this blade of air through the air that just catches Inky. If it had have been like a sword, it would have just cut him clean in half. But Inky takes the blow. He also takes the 36 damage that comes with it. Okay. Take off here. Yeah, fortunately, Inky is made of gas, so the hit does go straight through him, but you can see it takes a fair while for him to reform fully back to his correct shape. Seeing poor Mako take this instant iron tail to the gut and then the sucker punch with the quick attack, Chuck shouts, we need to do something about that Pikachu's speed. Trap it in a sand tomb. So I need you to make a physical check. Nine. Fails. Good, good. So you're going to take 5d4 ground damage and you are restrained. Okay. So that's 25 ground damage. Double, double 50. Double nice. 50. And you're going to be restrained as well. So Mako steadies himself after taking his hit and getting knocked back slightly. Plants his feet, left foot in front of the right, arms up like blades, and then just almost uppercuts in the air. And as he does, the ground from underneath, you see these just streams of sand trap the Pikachu's feet in place, then his arms in place, like he did with the Registeel. And the Pikachu's just struggling against it. Cool. Very nice. So back round to Red and Pikachu. Pikachu's going to attempt to get out of the restraint. Yeah. Mako just clenches his fist a little bit more. 13. Doesn't do it. Pikachu is restrained and cannot do anything. Next up. So Pikachu's just writhing in pain with this sand just slowly. It's almost like when they someone's sort of getting swallowed by quicksand at this point. It's just, slight, just climbing up him. Yeah. Next up, Felix. Felix kind of slowly getting to grips with everything that's going around him and only just really clocking what's going on with Chuck and the Pikachu at the moment sees that Mako's out so grabs his ball from his belt and says Inky come on back you did a great job but it's time to reunite the Boulder Brothers Reptar <laughs> yes get out here nice so Reptar comes out onto the battlefield with a little fart cloud a little fart cloud <laughs> with his little fart cloud I don't like this that he's a farting Reptar <laughs> Was it Gen 4 that you could change like the appearance when something came out of a Pokemon? You could put the yeah, you could put the like little the stickers. Like, yeah, stickers and stuff. So yeah. I imagine for Pupitar it's just a big <laughs> a big fart cloud. <laughs> stored up in the <laughs> So Blue seeing the two Pokemon staring him down, rock and ground knows that this probably isn't a great matchup, but he's blue. So he knows what he's doing. He shouts for his Pidgeot to use a hurricane. Pidgeot! Shit. In the space between Mako and Reptar, just starts to whip up this massive circle of wind, catching both of them as it twists and turns, twists and turns, twists and turns, and they both need to make physical saves. Circle pit. <laughs> cool. Natural 18. 27. Natural 18. You both 24. fail. 24? With a 27? Oh, 27. And a 24. And you both passed. I was going to fucking say. Jesus, don't scare me like that. You're like a billion. Because it's blue. Right, you both pass. So you're going to take half damage. So you're going to take 16 damage, 16 flying damage each. So is that after being halved? That's after being halved. Cool, okay. so I'll halve it again for resistance. Unfortunately, I don't get to do that. Jupiter uses this hurricane to 
dissipates some of the fart cloud around him and in fact looks better for it. <laughs> this always got a shine on it. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yes, yeah, so this hurricane's just whipping round and round and round and you can see both of your Pokemon just getting battered and battered, but they seem to be holding their own stood where they are. And we are back round to Chuck. Chuck looks at the Pidgeot who's just whipping up this hurricane. He looks at the Pikachu who's trapped in the sand and thinking about it. He says, okay, let's, let's use that to our advantage here. Mako, turn that hurricane into a sandstorm. Okay, well, sandstorm's in effect. With one arm, he's controlling the, the grappled Pikachu. With the other hand, he just starts to, like, wind his arm around, and he's just look, he's staring intently at the hurricane, and gradually half of the sand sort of dissipates into the hurricane, and it just turns into this really ferocious sandstorm. Pikachu is up next, and he immediately takes the sandstorm damage, which is five damage. Uh, he's, not he's not weak to rock so he doesn't get any more. Um, he's going to go for his physical check. <laughs> his physical checkup. <laughs> fails. With a five. Yeah, and Pikachu fails. is still restrained. And Mako just is still... Like, you can feel the Pikachu resisting against it and just tightens his grip on him. Uh, next up is Felix and the Reptile. Boulder Bros. Boulder Bros. Ho, ho! Um, <laughs> so, yeah, seeing the situation now, like... Felix and his 10-year-old buddy are taking on two of the most legendary trainers in the Poké world at the moment. Two champions, no less. He just has to take a moment, realising how the battlefield's kind of shifted. He's definitely made the right choice in sending Reptile out here, seeing the sandstorm that Mako's pulling out. He knows he'll stand a bit of a better chance if we can try and take down something here. Although looking at Coatsy's face out of my peripheral vision, he, it doesn't really matter. Is it like when I say, let's finish this? Yeah. <laughs> Seeing all the sandstorm raging through the warehouse and kind of crates and bits of debris and everything getting caught up into it. Felix shouts out to Reptile, grab some of that. Let's chuck it at that Pidgeot. Rock slide. So you need to make a physical save. Oh, you bastard. Well, listen to the... Right. If you can hear it, listeners, when Coatsy rolls his dice, how many he's got sounding. That's what I've got. That's close to the mic. But that's quite nice. 28 rock damage. So in the whirling mess, Reptile's able to just pull a couple of bits of debris out from the swirling sandstorm. Nothing major, but he chucks them kind of half a crate and some of its remnants straight at the Pidgeot. Hits it, but they're not that big, so it doesn't make too much of a dent, but the Pidgeot definitely felt it. Pidgeot's turn is up and he's going to take his sandstorm damage, which is five, which is then doubled to ten. Yeah. So after taking this sandstorm and you can see that the Pidgeot's struggling to fly in this sandstorm as all the dust and the sand starts to whip around it, Blue just shouts for it to use another air slash. And we're going to go for an air slash on Reptile. Where were we when the sandstorm was going off and there was like a cow in it? And... I can't remember. Was it Kuso City? It might have been, yeah. Yeah, listen to how many dice that was. 32 flying damage. Oh, 16 then. Nice. So again, the Pidgeot just claps its wings together and you see this blade of air fly through the air. That's what I keep thinking of ass claps. <laughs> <laughs> but this time when it hits Reptile, Rep you don't even see Reptile flinch. He just takes the hit full on knowing he's like, I'm, I'm a rock Pokemon and I'm going to fuck you up. Or at least I'm going to try to. All right, Mako, let's bury this Pikachu. He may be the champion, but to us, he's just a champion. <laughs> Santu. <laughs> uh, 
They're, Love Chuck's corny joke. They're, they're your two best lines of the whole pod in one episode. <laughs> Another 50 ground damage. 5 0. Yeah, that's, that is double. How does that look when you knock the Pikachu? Oh, come on, yeah. come on, Red's Pikachu. Mako, he's set the sandstorm off now and he can turn his full attention back to the Pikachu. And with both arms, he kind of brings them together and then almost makes a ripping motion. And the sand is just basically like stretch Armstronging the Pikachu, causing it unbelievable physical agony until the Pikachu just can't take it anymore. Nice, torture, good. And Chuck shouts to Red and Blue, he says, what the hell are you doing? I thought you guys were meant to be on our side. Red's reply is him it's holding it's... up a Pokeball and withdrawing his Pikachu while grabbing another Pokeball from behind his back. And he releases a large frog-like Pokemon on all fours with a giant flower on its back. And your Pokedex pings... Venusaur. Oh, oh fuck man. Venusaur, the seed Pokemon, the evolved form of Ivysaur. It fills its body with power by spreading the broad petals of the flower on its back and catching the sun's rays. And before you can even react, two vines come out of the Venusaur's back and just slap Mako in the face, one after another and just keep slapping him. It's like a beatdown in UFC, and they're just slapping him and slapping him and slapping him. 22 grass damage. How does it look when you knock Mako the fuck out? So Mako's just pinned down. Oh, what? Mako's like 30-something on an iron tackle. Yeah, shit. Mako's just sort of hits the ground, and these vines are still just battering into him, just one after another, like a ground and pound, but with these vines. Vine and pine. And as Mako hits the deck, the sand just drops out, drops down from the sky. Felix sees Mako go down, sees the sandstorm subside, and the warehouse return to its normal airspeed and just kind of lets out a massive sigh. Tries not to let his head drop, tries not to let anybody around him kind of see that his the frustration and the anger kind of welling up inside him. He just takes a big gulp, wipes his brow, tries to steal himself ready. Cap is backwards. The cap is backwards. Shit's gone down. Not knowing at this point, obviously, what Chuck is intending to do. I don't know either. In a sterner voice, as you've heard him yell at his Pokemon so far, he's normally quite friendly. He just goes, Rectar, Rock Slide, end it. 11. Fails. Yes. Perfect. Got very, very cold dice so far, but. I sit on them for a bit. Yeah, <laughs> like a little mother hen. Little goose. <laughs> So this time, Reptar is able to pick... Obviously, the sunstorm has subsided, so there's quite a lot of debris all over the place. Rocks and bits of dust and just wood and metal and everything. And a cow. And a cow that somehow... <laughs> a mill tank that somehow <laughs> arrived in the, <laughs> in the warehouse. Probably from the cafeteria, right? <laughs> but he's able to easily pick up two quite large bits of and kind of ball them together into spiky-looking objects and just hurls them at this Pidgeot, trying to take it out of the sky and just connects one projectile on each wing, which pin down Pidgeot. You fall prone. Yeah. 15 rock damage, so double to 30. Double to 30. After taking the rock slide, Blue, smiling as he sees Venusaur come out of its Pokeball, shouts for his... Pidgeot to use a twister on Reptar. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> okay, so Pidgeot just whips up this really tiny twister in front of it and just sends it hurling straight towards Reptar. 
which sort of catches Reptar in his floaty ways and just sends him <laughs> spinning and spinning and spinning Gas and spinning and spinning. And then Reptar pings out and just hits a wall and it's going to take 26 dragons at him. Oh, okay. And he's going to flinch. Oh, you oh, bastard. I hate flinch. Blue smiles as he sees the panic set in your face. Chuck reaches for his belt, but as he does so, out from underneath his Harrington jacket and the cape that he's wearing over, over the top of it, out scurries a little mass, a little ball of purple and orange fur. And you just see this tail glowing, this other light tail glowing white, just launching itself towards the Venusaur. Slaps it twice across the face. <laughs> Slapping it right across the chops. And you can see it almost like slow motion where the Venusaur's face just moves R- with it. Yeah, ripples. <laughs> this is like poison and sap just coming out of its mouth as gruel. As Apom goes for the second one, Venusaur just just turns its face away slightly, kind of rolling with the second punch. It's going to do 19 normal damage. And as Apom's darting away, some of the sand has kind of formed a, a little shield around him. And Chuck shouts, yeah, that's great. Now use Baton Pass. Put that sand to use. So how this works is that I get temporary HP and it's, it's a little bit like Substitute. Venusaur lets out a roar and petals start to swirl around it and they just this almost twister like petal storm just gets wider and wider and wider until apom reptar and even the pidgeot are caught in its petals just whipping around like little blades just giving you paper cuts and everybody's gonna have to make an evasion check that's only a 11. 15 for me. So everybody fails the evasion check. Oh, good. Everybody's going to take 35 grass damage. Big ouch. Double to 70 for Reptile, which takes him down. Blue turns to red with like a, what are you doing? Look on his face as Pidgeot just looks battered and bruised. But red doesn't even look at him. The sand has been cleaned away from Apon's skin. It takes the rest of the damage. As Reptile gets caught up in yet another twister, but a twister of leaves, it just slams down to the ground, eyes swirling, out for the count. Chuck turns to red and blue at this point and says, oh boy, you've done it now. <laughs> and gives Felix the wavering thumb. <laughs> <laughs> Felix nods. I think that's a good idea. Recalls Reptile and in his head every time he touches as soon as he touches this pokeball he can just hear crowds cheering in the back of his mind and as he throws the ball out out pops our little fiery friend Maximus the Magma straight away in a sort of camera panning scene as it normally happens when you see people in like a gladiator arena Maximus just kind of comes out the camera's like panning all the way around him 360 pans or he's taking everything in sees what's going on in front of him and just kind of nods at Felix nods at Chuck nods at Apom looks out into (laughs) out into the battlefield and just lets off a massive flamethrower at Venusaur and Pidgeot points his bill sucks in a load of air around him it's got a little bit of debris and sand in it so it's not quite as big as it could be but still it engulfs both the Venusaur and the Pidgeot in a wall of flame doing 25 damage tell me what it looks like when you knock the Pidgeot nice nice. the Pidgeot yeah obviously he's been battered and bruised a little bit he's had a lot of debris chucked at him he's been wrapped up into a ball crushed like he was in a car compactor 
miss wall of flame even though it just kind of catches the edge uh, the edges of it catch the pidgeot still enough to cook the bird and cook it the bird. hits the deck looking like a bit of a roasted chicken <laughs> felix in somebody order colonel felix in his head just starts here how does felix feel about that taking down the pidgeot seeing it hit the deck felix kind of freezes for one two three just making sure that it is well and truly out for the count. Then you just see him jump up in the air, fist pumping, going, yes, 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 get in, take it, take it, take it. <laughs> Do you see what you get? <laughs> As he lands back down after this big jump, just embarrassed, but inside his heart rate is 200. Absolutely pumped. So, Blue withdraws his Pidgeot and reaches behind him and sends out a familiar-looking Pokemon with a large moustache holding two metal spoons. And you just hear, Oh, look us up! Oh, God. Alakazam pops out, and he immediately shouts for the Alakazam to use Psychic on Maximus. Um, So Maximus gets this pink glow around him as we've seen many times happen before but this time just gets thrown up into the air and just falls straight back to the ground with a big thud and takes 27 psychic damage okay he's a tanky boy is maximus he hits the ground with a bit of an oof but stands up and dusts himself off chuck looks at the alakazam and knows that they've got a big problem their team mice with with psychic types or anything like that just shouts all right apom I'm thinking of something funny here. <laughs> is it actually what? funny or is it Chuck funny? Kind of a bit of both. <laughs> what would happen if I told Apom to just grab Alakazam's moustaches and just pull them? <laughs> um, I would count it as a restrain on the Alakazam because he's... Yes, yeah, so Alakazam would be restrained. Cool. All right, Apom, do what you do best. Distract that Alakazam, run up to it, grab its moustaches and pull them. <laughs> okay, so just roll strength just to make sure you can hold on. Natural 16. Yeah, His dex is 21. That's fine. Yeah, so, so Apom just runs over, darts through the battle, and just latches <laughs> onto this Alakazam's moustache and just yanks oh, it down. Oh, that'd be like, so painful like as well. Feet, yeah. on, feet on chin and just... He's <laughs> wrapped his other tail like round the Alakazam's neck as well to get extra uh, extra grip on it. And him. Alakazam is just sort of being pulled downwards and is just trying to shake the Apom off, but the a- Apom just holds on and holds off. Apom's pulling on them like others, just like <laughs> left, right. Trying to milk an Alakazam. <laughs> so I'm hoping that opens up the floor for Felix to do some good damage to it. Venusaur is going to turn to Maximus and he's going to go for a double edge. So you just see the you just see the Venusaur just start swiping its front foot forward like a bull that's about to charge and then just darts towards Maximus natting a 20. Oh, oh shit. That's what you want to hit. That's what you want to hit. I haven't got enough dice. I'm not lending you any. So Venusaur just puts its head down and quicker than you'd think just charges straight for Maximus and just turns at the last second and piles its front shoulder straight into Maximus's abdomen. It's going to do 56 normal damage. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh, sorry. I 
62 normal damage. Oh my god. 62? Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Um, and you see that the Venusaur is also just takes a little bit of damage off that double edge as it takes the recoil. Oh, that's good. Maximus takes this hit in the midriff, completely knocks the wind out of him, and you see like a little flame flutter out of the front of his mouth as he does so. He's down on one knee. He's got both fists in the floor, just trying to stay up. He's just kind of shaking, twitching a little bit. You see him just very slowly, very gingerly stand back up, but he's kind of hunched over. He's beaten, he's bruised, but he's still in the battle. So as pretty much as the last act of a desperate Pokemon, Magmar trying to catch his breath after being winded. He's kind of breathing quite heavily. He's starting to breathe in quite deeply. But as he's doing so, realizes that he's sucking in a lot of air ready and his belly's getting filled and he just lets out with what he has left. He just fires a flamethrower out into the ether, aiming mainly at this Venusaur. Okay. Um, do the Alakazam and the Apom get hit as well? I'll say because you're so close. Yeah. Venusaur will just, just take, take the take hit, run. but he's going to okay. pass on the decks, on the uh, evasion trend. Uh, 24. Alakazam is still struggling against Apom. <laughs> what are you saying? Is it like grappled? Yeah, I'm going to say it's grappled. So I've got to okay. roll a... Athletics. He didn't, Strength. he didn't pass. He natural one bit. Nice. <laughs> um, so if anything, the Alakazam gets... Some pulled, ripped out. pulled to the floor instead now and Apon sort nice. of on the back of its neck pulling its moustache from behind its head <laughs> and the Alakazam's just like struggling and just its spoons are just scraping along the floor as it's trying to get up but it, it's not doing anything at the moment beautiful it's definitely all brains over brawn isn't it <laughs> Chuck shouts that's it Apon keep clinging on pull its nose hair smack it with a double hit so Apom's <laughs> tail just comes around for two swipes and it's going to take 45 normal damage. That's big from an Apom. Yeah. You double hit. Jeez. I've got a silk scarf as well, so there's a uh, level damage bonus. Dang it. So you can just see this Apom just swinging. Its arms are gripping the moustache, just holding it like reins almost, sitting on top of this Alakazam. The tail's just coming down on the ground and pounding it. And you just see all, all of this. He's just a blur of purple and beige fur with this like nice red scarf just blowing in the wind. Venus, yes. Venusaur turns to Maximus after that flamethrower and we're going to go for a sleep powder. Okay. So make a... You've got to make a con throw. Con save. Con save. Um, 23. Passes, yep. So no sleepy sleepy for Maximus and we're back round two Maximus. Brilliant. Maximus sees this sleep powder come towards him. These kind of spores coming out of the top of Venusaur to try and combat that to not get affected by it and to do some damage. He's going to let off a flamethrower to kind of burn the sleep powder and hit the Venusaur, which he does, and you can kind of see the, the leaves on the edge of the big flower on top of Venusaur just start to char a little bit, and that damage sort of starts to seep into the centre of the flower. So he's going to take 19 fire damage from that, which we double to 38. We're going to roll to try and get Apom off the... Oh, look, I'm 7 plus 0 on the strength, so yeah doesn't still he gonna work. he's still restrained and pinned down <laughs> Alakazam's down for the count we're back round to Apom again Apom riding the Alakazam Apom's rodeo swinging away Chuck just shouts swing away swing away okay, so both of them are going to hit again this is going to take 53 normal damage 
and Apom just swinging away. He's just become this blur. I've just got a picture in my head of him, like literally riding him like a rodeo bull, and just yeah. like his back, his back is like exactly slapping his rump, essentially, <laughs> yeah. just like trying, just trying classic, to get fucked off. He looks like a cowboy with his little scarf on as <laughs> <Yeah>. well. <laughs> Just rumping the other around. <laughs> it's, it's a live game of buckaroo. <laughs> After taking the flamethrowers consistently, Venusaur just bows its head down and almost like a one-inch punch is just going to go for another double-edge point blank. 38 normal Dead. damage as it smashes into Maximus. Can we leave him with a present? Um, no. 38 quarter of... 38 running down is 9, right? It's just going to take another yeah. 9 damage to Venusaur as well. But Maximus is out and that's all it cares about. Maximus, as soon as the Venusaur makes contact, Maximus is down because he was on 1 HP. Oh, <laughs> wow. And Felix is back up. Felix is back up. Seeing his team kind of being decimated almost, but feeling like he and Chuck still have a chance in this battle especially seeing Apom riding that Alakazam Rodeo so, so well. Going to change tact slightly. Phoenix is going to return Magma to his ball, give it a bit of a pat as it puts it on his belt and goes, awesome job, buddy. You never cease to amaze. Let's take this battle back to the air. Momo, come on out. Felix hurls Momo's ball into the air. Glidescore pops out with a nice little flourish and kind of starts soaring around the battlefield ahead, uh, above what's going on. Sees the Venusaur, sees the Apom riding the Alakazam and has a little chuckle to itself as it does so. But here's the shout from Felix as he calls for it to land an acrobatics on the Venusaur. That sounds a bit better. That's much better. Oh my oh God. God. <laughs> I can see two ones from here. There's another two in there as well. So it does 18 flying damage, doubled to 36. Momo dives towards the Venusaur, does a loop-de-loop in the air this time, and heads straight towards it, fanged claws out, and just strikes into the top of the Venusaur's head. Alakazam's going to try and get out this grapple. 13 to get out the grapple. What a natty one. Oh, dear. So... No. With the natty one, this move's going to auto-hit. And Apom just starts to glow pink and is looking really confused as it starts to float higher and higher and the moustache gets released as Alakazam stands up and looks at the Apom mm. at head level before just sending it flying back past both of you and into the wall of the warehouse behind you. Chuck thinks to himself, that is always, to be fair, that is always the way that, to be fair, that is always the way that Buckaroo ends. <laughs> That's a good point. I don't like Katie's laughing either. No. I think Apon might be down. Are they, they're D12s and there's numerous of them. Yeah, so I rolled four D12s, 11, 10, 11 and 4. I'm like, can I have some of these rolls please? 43 psychic <laughs> damage. Chonkachu takes it. Where did Apom land? Apom's behind you guys, so at the back of the room. Who's closest? Uh, probably the Venusaur. Okay. Apom runs and starts to climb up Chuck, and then just as he runs up him, launches himself off Chuck's shoulders, and then with the somersault, fires out these stars. Three of them hitting the Venusaur, two of them hitting the Alakazam, and he's gone for a swift. Okay. Oh, interesting. Auto hit. There's 13 on the Venusaur. Venusaur takes the stars to the face and starts to glow green. Ooh. And 
whips up another petal blizzard with petals just zipping around and hitting everything. Everybody's going to have to make an evasion check. 18. 25. 18 fails. Uh, the Alakazam passes. 38 grass damage. Uh, nine, 19 grass damage. Felix shouts out to Glyscore. Dojo's leaves as best you can. Follow them back to the source. Let's hit that Venusaur again. Acrobatics. Glyscore is kind of being battered by a lot of these razor sharp leaves, but he's able to dodge and weave and kind of glide in between most of them and head straight towards the Venusaur again, landing another deep, deep laceration on the top of his head. That's much better. And does 23 flying damage that time, so double to 46. Venusaur is down. Yes! yes. Get in. Yeah, as Glyscore flies in to land this acrobatics blow with its pointed tail, armed and ready, it kind of almost deheads the um, flower on the back of the Venusaur, just attacking right at the root of where it's anchored to its body and chomps down on it with its tail. Red withdraws Venusaur and grabs another point. No, they're not allowed three. Now we're in trouble. Sending now we're out in trouble. a familiar-looking Pokemon and a new addition to the team as a Lapras oh. hits the battlefield. Alakazam is fucking pissed off. Apom, <laughs> jam it up his battle. <laughs> jam it right up his battle. And he goes for another psychic attack on Apom. 30 psychic damage. Down and out. Tell me how it looks. After the swift attack, a pink glow just appears around Apon one more time and it gets pulled mm. back towards Alakazam who just slams it into the ground and then into the ceiling and then into the ground and then just throws him back past you again into the back oh, of the warehouse. God. Proper ragdoll. And Apon just falls down, slides down the wall and does not get back. Oh, Chuck shouts, Apon, no! Come on back. You did amazing. I loved your game of Buckaroo there. Looks at the Alakazam and the Lapras in front of him and thinks, "I don't, I, I don't think I've got about tree fitting." <laughs> God damn it, monster! I said, "I said, get off my lawn." We added a Lapras to the team when you came onto the scene. Brimplup, come on out! Interesting. Felix immediately averts his gaze and joins Red and Blue in their crusade <laughs> against Chuck. All right, Primplup, kick things off with a metal claw on that Lapras. So her fins glow, she's gonna hit. So she starts Naruto running at this Lapras, blades out, and just launches herself at the Lapras, doing 13 steel damage. Lapras just looks at this flying thing in the air. So it looks up and sees Momo just flying in the air, zipping around, and then it sees the Primplup in front of it. And between the two, clouds start to appear and big chunks of ice start to fall down mm. as from out of nowhere a wind whips up and starts to whip up a storm inside the place and it uses blizzard. I need evasion checks from both of you Pokemon. Come on, dice, be, be hot, be hot. Failed. 16. 5. Both fail. I think I'm going to get frozen here. I think I'm going to die here. Primplup is frozen. Shite. So Primplup gets hit with some of the ice and just starts to turn stiff with its metal claw still out, frozen in its place. But 39 ice damage. 
halved at least for me, doubled for Gliscor. And as the storm starts up, as the pieces of ice start to hit Momo, they freeze his gliding wings and takes him out of the air. He nosedives towards the floor and hits with an almighty thud. He doesn't get back up. No, Momo. Momo's down. Felix, his confidence is quickly dissipating. Peaked up at one point, but realising he's only basically got one and a half Pokemon left, he knows this may be a losing battle, but he's got to give it all that he can. He looks around, looks at what Chuck's done and his team, and realises he's got to pull some weight here. So Yeah, fucked an hour because I'm up with an apron. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to reintroduce Inky back into this battle, seeing what's left on the field. And he is going to go in with a Shadow Claw. Inky takes a swipe at Alakazam, who steps back and dodges and replies straight away with a Shadow Ball. I knew this is a risky play. Let's go, let's go. Let's go, let's go. <laughs> There's no let's go, let's go in there. I'm pulling Duck Hook after Duck Hook. Roll Cook, roll Cook. <laughs> <laughs> 29 Ghost Damage. Oh, and Inky goes straight down. Oh, come on. Can't take them both. Inky, as soon as he's kind of apparated out of his ball and swiped at this Alakazam, just gets absolutely bodied by a Shadow Ball the same size as him and just smashed into a wall behind him. You can't tell what is Haunter and what is energy from the Shadow Ball until you kind of see just some hands slumped to the floor, slowly followed by a floating set of eyes, and that's pretty much all that's left. Felix sinks to his knees. There's Inky. No. Oh, I'm so sorry, buddy. I just... Come on back. He takes his final Pokeball from his belt. Oh, my God. Takes his final Pokeball from his belt, kind of presses it up to his forehead and goes, I need you now more than I've ever needed you before. I know you've got it in you. Come on, Pratchett. Let's do some damage. Background's Chuck. Nothing I can do but try and escape this um, this block of ice. So Chuck shouts to Primplark and says, Come on, bust out of that. 17. That passes. Can you just pour your berry out so, of it? <laughs> That's your whole turn though, Brick. Yeah, it is. It's at the end of my turn. So Primplup just, you can see the ice just starting to crack as her blades just start to cut through it and just smashes to pieces. And as the ice cracks, Lapras comes, sort of pushes itself onto its back two fins and just body slams oh straight in at point blank. It's whomping. 29 damage. Yeah. Takes it. Next up. Penguin. Pratchett. Pratchett steps down onto the battlefield and kind of can almost feel as soon as his feet land the energy of all the Pokemon that have been out there on the battle and can kind of sense the dire straits that Felix is in to kind of steals himself. You see the bushes on his back kind of bristle, it starts to get ready and he's got a look in his eye like you've never seen before. Normally in these situations he might have a little grottle gyrate and, and swagger about the situation but Again, you can sense the, the magnanimity of what's going on. Sees that the Primpluck is engaged with the Lapras and just charges straight at the Alakazam. Mouth agape, and Felix goes, That's it, buddy, get it in there, bite it. Do me something good there, mate. Otherwise, I'm releasing it. Oh, fine. <laughs> <laughs> 
been fun, lads. Um, yeah, Pratchett just charges straight at the Alakazam, but the Alakazam just kind of Jedi mind tricks it almost, and it just sort of veers off at the end and just skids around in a circle. So it stood right next to the, the Alakazam, but he's kind of like, wait, what? What? And then you see a pink glow around Pratchett. So the pink glow forms around Pratchett, who gets thrown up into the air, but as he does, he just withdraws into his shell, and as he crashes into the ground, he just pops out again, back onto all fours, ready to fight. Ready to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Chuck the Grimplot. Get it, get it, get it, get it. Ow, ow, ow. Yeah, Chuck sees the body slam and the, the Primplup is just trapped underneath Lapras and thinks, okay, there's only one thing we can do here. Primplup, if you can hear me, use Bide. Mm, interesting. And then you just see this like glow coming from underneath the Lapras. The Lapras rears back onto its back two fins and just comes down again for another body slam. 29 damage. Ooh, okay. Pratchett, after being thrown in the air and slammed back down to the ground, granted not taking any damage, he is pissed teeth bearing, mouth agape, he's just going to dive in straight away and seeing that there's a bit of a patch of fur missing from the Alakazam's moustache, he's going to target that, he's going to try and basically bite him on the face, try and take more out of his moustache, dives towards the Alakazam's face and if he did have his fully fledged moustache from before, he would have been able to make contact and grab but you might say he was a whisker (laughs) away. Alakazam, seeing that this grot, this grottle is not doing anything. Turns to face the Lapras and the Primplup, and he's going to send a Shadow Ball at Primplup, who's underneath Lapras. <laughs> it's Cody's game. He does what he wants. Twenty-three sh- uh, ghost damage. I'm not sure I could take another double barrage of that. There's a blinding white coming from underneath the Lapras now, and Chuck just shouts, "Do it!" I don't know if he's going to do it. So, uh, so it's a 19 minus 2, 17. Hits. Yes! Oh, nice. Come on! 100 yeah. hits, hits it for 102 damage. Okay, what does that look like? When you... Oh. Oh. <laughs> they are chunky to each other. Yeah. So it just almost looks like a mini nucleus. The whole room just goes blinding white. No one can see a thing. When Vision returns, Chuck just sees... Lapras basically 50 feet up in the air <laughs> as though an explosion has got like rocket boots have just gone off from underneath it um, and it just comes crashing down with Primplup holding both blades just above her head as the Lapras is in the air it's gonna fire off a big jet of salty water mm-hmm. and we're gonna go for a brine attack on Primplup who's I'm guessing health is less yeah, than half because I'll resist it it'll just be whatever you roll 30 water damage and then the Lapras lands in front of the Primplup, just staring it down. His mm. Primplup's just glowing blue. One final time, seeing the opportunity that's kind of been given, as even the Alakazam can't see through its mind ar- mind's eye as the Primplup unleashes its eye and the energy, and with it kind of, the, with the Alakazam shifting its body away to take, uh, so it can still see, we're going to try and use that as an opportunity to go in for... One last bite attack. Come on, Dice. Just give me a double-digit number. It is. Good. Uh, So that'll do 17 dark damage. Double to 34. Which the Alakazam takes. So finally, Pratchett hits target, 
takes a big chomp down on the side of the abdomen of the Alakazam, which yelps out in pain. And turns around and uses Psychic, with a pink glow emanating around Pratchett. 31 Psychic damage. And as the bite hits and Grottle glows pink, it gets flung back away from the Alakazam, who is like, my attention is elsewhere. <laughs> the Lapras is still falling and chucks it out. All right, hit it with your own brine. Use that energy. Take some of that water and just send it right back at it. Lapras dodges the brine mid-air, and you don't understand how because it can't fly. <laughs> <laughs> but it points its neck towards Primplup, and as it gets closer and closer to the ground, you see it glow white as it goes for a body slam. 25 normal damage. Oh, so close. Knocks it out. Chuck, just similar to Felix, holds a Pokeball to his forehead and says, I need you here. Rowdy, come on out. Felix sees the Primplop go down, looks over to Chuck and just kind of goes, you okay, buddy? How are you getting on? Better than you, mate. Come on, let's go, let's go. <laughs> Felix Chuck's still somehow seeing light in this situation. Felix smirks for the first time in what feels like months after the events that have transpired over the last few days. Seeing the Alakazam kind of bat off Pratchett as if to say, you're not worthy of my time, Felix goes, don't take that. Let's put this Alakazam to bed. You know what to do, buddy. Energy ball, 28 grass damage. Tell me how you knock out that. Nice. Pratchett is well and truly pissed off now after missing his first couple of attacks, which doesn't normally happen, and then kind of being sideswiped by the Alakazam as if almost to say, you are not worthy. Draws in a massive energy ball, the biggest one we've seen so far. Shell glows a verdant green, his bushes bristle, and he just lets off a huge, huge energy ball that hits the Alakazam straight in the midriff and akin to how Alakazam has been throwing people around with his psychic, just slams it into the wall behind. And Phoenix again kind of fist bumps and goes, yes, Pratchett, that's it, buddy. Come on, we got this. Blue withdraws the Alakazam and sends out another familiar-looking Pokemon as the leafy three-headed Pokemon Executor pops out of its ball. Executor. And the Executor turns towards Rowdy and lets off a pink glow once more. So as Rowdy comes out of his ball, you see a faint blue glow start to surround him and also start to surround Chuck. Uh, and they are linked. Rowdy's going to take 35 psychic. Oh my god. Damn. Okay, Rowdy, shake it off. Bury that Lapras. Smash it with an Aura Sphere and then charge in with a bullet punch. So Rowdy charges up and both Chuck and Rowdy palms to the side. You see this blue ball increase in size in Rowdy's palms. He just launches it, sending it careering at this uh, at the Lapras. It's going to take 16 fighting damage. Doubles to 32. Following in with the, the ball in front of him, Rowdy just charges in and just uppercuts the Lapras under the chin. The with, this, with the spike on, on his palm. Lapras's head rolls back and then comes, flicks straight back, glaring at Rowdy and opens its mouth as a big blue ball appears. And then a torrent of water. The Lapras lets off a hydro pump. Oh, oh. bloody hell. Everybody's got to make a evasion check. 18. 28. 18 fails. I don't think I've passed a single check today. 
30 water, so half to people who passed. So Rowdy just gets some, somewhat sort of caught up in this and washed away, putting some distance between him and the Lapras. So Pratchett gets caught with the edge of this, pretty much the reflection of, of Rowdy trying to deflect the, the hydro pump, it just essentially diverts it into, into Pratchett's face instead, kind of shakes it off kind of seeing how the battle's going and all of the all of the focus is on Rowdy at the moment. Felix shouts to Pratchett, let's even the odds. Focus on that Lapras. Let's go for a Mega Drain. Misses. Pratchett launches his health-seeking orbs out towards the Lapras. Rather than hitting any kind of fleshy part of his body, just hit the shell on the back and can't penetrate through. I think it's like magic missiles. Yeah. Yeah. The Executor glows pink again as does Rowdy Rowdy feeling the, the kind of the grip on his senses like I did before he didn't realise what was going on the first time unfortunately for me and him <laughs> <laughs> he growls and then just puts his palms to the side and you just see this like the, the, the pink aura dissipate in favour of an even stronger bluer aura as he uses detect okay glaring now at the executor Rowdy just pulls this blue aura filled bone out of nowhere just charges at it He's going in with a bone rush. He pulls out his bone, does he? Pulls out his bone. Very excited. And with one swipe, just comes underneath the executor who just like slowly uses his big feet and just steps over it like a shit skipping rope. And Chuck thinks about the book that he read before and says, I'm going to take one straight out of your playbook, Red. Try that again. And I rolls another three. (laughs) And executor is just seemingly using his psychic ability to just evade He's almost rotating around to each face. is just laughing now at Rowdy. He's getting more visibly frustrated. Lapras, seeing Rowdy run away, is going to try and hit it in the back with another hydro pump. So everybody's going to have to make a save. I got Natural four, 10. so that's going to be a nine in total. 21. Actually, it fails again. Yeah. It's 45 water damage. Oh my god. So that'd be half to 22. And the Lapras just lets out this torrent of water again, hitting everybody in the vicinity. Kill that Lapras. Felix is up. He is himself. He feels like he's been physically in this battle. He's worn out. He's breathing hard. He's kind of having to put his hands on his knees at times just to keep up and keep going with with everything that's gone on. He's getting a little bit delusional and the thought of Moo Moo Milk just keeps popping into his head and he has to shake himself off and refocus on what's going on in front of him. This Lapras has been tormenting everybody for far too long now. Felix shouts out to Pratchett, you've got to end this buddy, get rid of that Lapras. I know you've got it in you, let's go for an energy ball. Pratchett is able to muster, he kind of senses Felix's vulnerabilities at this moment, but he's able to concentrate himself and pull together another giant energy ball that this time, rather than smacking into the Lapras's shell, kind of smacks it straight in the neck, its long neck, and kind of explodes with a burst of green energy, doing 23 grass damage. Beautiful. Knocks the Lapras out with the double damage. Beautiful. Lovely, lovely. So, Red withdraws Lapras and pulls out another Pokeball. Holds it close to his face and then launches it into the air. And out pops with an excessive heat. Oh, And the beating of wings, a Charizard, which lets out a massive roar. 
and without even thinking, points its nozzle at Rowdy, who just ignites. Does he? Does he? Does he? He does. <laughs> Can't detect that bitch. So Rowdy just gets engulfed in this inferno of flames that start to spin around him and Chuck jumps backwards, eyes gone back to normal and his palms are just smoking as he feels the heat from the inferno that hit Rowdy. And Rowdy hits the deck. Chuck is wincing because he can just feel this fire inside him and sort of thinks to himself, Rowdy, I feel your pain. Grabs the last Pokeball on his belt. There's only one thing to do here. Let's fight fire with fire. Boomer, come on out. Leg out. As Boomer enters the battlefield, you hear Lucas shout, Chuck, Felix, hold on in there. Keep them away from the lift. And you can just make out that Lucas. Adam, your dad, and two grunts are fighting around the computer panel. But you can also see someone walking down the stairs as Elizabeth and her Miss Magius Fuck descend. No, no, we've got too much to handle on too much on our plates already. No, no, no. no. You remember when I said, can we stay in the Misty Isles? Yeah, yeah I'm very much <laughs> of that idea now. Uh, and this shit's got way too real. Felix, you're up. Felix is almost frozen in fear. He's seen what Boomer can do as a like relatively newly evolved Charizard to knowing what legendary status this Charizard has. Kind of doesn't really know what to do, but hearing Lucas shouts on and seeing everything that's going on around him, realises he's just got to stick on in there as we said so I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie I'm pretty useless in this fight as a last ditch attempt Felix shouts out to Pratchett get on close to that executor keep it away from Charizard fight it 19 dark damage on that doubles to 30 so Pratchett is able to leap up and just catch the bottom half of one of the eggs that makes up the executor's body takes a good good chunk out of it so boomer takes flight she's just got only got eyes for red's charizard they're both flying around overhead seemingly locked in this elemental battle of flamethrowers and various color flames coming out of both of them chuck shouts back to looker and says what the fuck do you mean keep them away from the lift we're on the lift <laughs> looker's too busy fighting at this point uh and chuck's looking around looking up at boomer looking ahead at red looking at Pratchett, the executor, thinking of uh, you know, all the Pokemon that have been knocked out already, and looks for the lift controls. Yeah. And slams the big red button, thinking he means maybe keep Elizabeth away from the lift. The button doesn't flashes work. red. <laughs> doesn't work. And does nothing. <laughs> just like, fuck, 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 fuck. Boomer, just keep, keep it busy. Dragon Rage. Red's Charizard needs to make an evasion check. 14 doesn't. Hearing Chuck's instruction, Boomer's intention is even more focused and unleashes a purple gout of flame at Red's Charizard. 23 dragon damage. Blue's executor, who is confused that he didn't get a go when he should have done after <laughs> the Lapras, steps forward. Brown is like, me too, buddy, me too. And he's going to use uh, Psychic on Grottle. 36 Psychic damage. And Grottle is confused for three rounds. 
Wonderful. Pink glow of energy just surrounds Pratchett, lifts him up and then slams him back into the ground. And the executor will then turn to walk towards Char- the Charizard's battling. He's going to walk up in the air? No, he's going to walk up to underneath them. Okay. And he'll leave melee range to do that. So can I get an attack opportunity you on him? can get an attack opportunity in. Sweet. Let's go for a bite. Even in his confused state, he's halfway pounded into the ground. I don't think a 13 will hit. A 13 will not oh, nice. hit. Snapping turtle. Bites out. Snapping turtle style, just trying to grab whatever he can, but just completely whiffs. But he is up next. He is up next. This is really, really last ditch now. Um, seeing Pratchett's current state, seeing his eyes kind of bouncing around in his eyeballs, seeing his pupils bounce around in his eyeballs, sent, well, knowing that he is confused, we're just going to go for an energy ball. So Pratchett in his state, he's able to hear Felix's command still, still getting through after all these battles and all the everything that they've been through. He's able to form a decent-sized energy ball and fire it off straight at Executor. They're quite big and bulky, so it hits it kind of right in the, the stump, essentially, of the tree. Does 33 grass damage. Charizard, after taking the Dragon Rage, sort of just smiles and lets out a little puff of purple smoke and then lets out its own Dragon Rage. <laughs> Boomer doesn't see coming. She's distracted by the executor underneath her, <laughs> ambling around. It's like, what the fuck's he doing? 33 dragon damage. Takes it and then just the flame on her tail just erupts and she lets out this almighty roar. And as she does so, considering her attention had been turned away from her to begin with, she starts to dive, heading straight towards the executor mouth just starts to open wide and this almighty ball of flame gathering up for it. You know, almost looking like a fiery Alakazam moustache just starts to gather around her mouth and unleashes it directly down at the ground. Pratchett's not going to get hit because of Power Sculptor. Nice. Executor needs to make an evasion check, but fuck me if he sees that come in, I'd be surprised. 32. Not 19. <laughs> I mean, how is this Executor so dexterous? Just like a weeble. I can imagine, just without its feet, just wobbling around the place. Still going to be 34 fire damage. Still a good chunk, though. Uma pulls up just before she gets within range of the executor, flies away. Blue shouts for his executor to grab the Charizard with another psychic attack. And Boomer just manages to shrug off the waves of psychic energy as it feels it grasping at its tail. Yeah, flaps her wings. And she's to get out of the out of its kind of tractor beam bull. Surprised that Pratchett is still up, surprised this battle is still going on. I haven't got anything much more that I can do other than just trying to hit it again. Just trying to as Lucas said, just trying to keep them occupied as best we can. Seeing the state that Pratchett's in, he's never happy to see him not doing so well, so we're gonna go for a mega drain this time. Fifteen damage. Which is half to seven. Three and so I get a nice three health back. Have a little helps. Red's Charizard is chasing after Boomer and it claps its wings together just like the Pidgeot did and sends this blade of air flying straight towards it. Chuck yells, Boomer, watch out! 35 flying damage. <laughs> Shit. And this air, this blade of air just 
cuts through Boomer and you just see Boomer take it and then just start to twizzle as she falls through the air towards the ground but just manages to get her wings out before she hits the hard floor and is beaten but you can see it beating still. Chuck's looking over to Elizabeth. I want to see, is she making progress towards us? She is making progress towards the L-shaped where all the commotion is. We're going to make a final stand. So Boomer pulls out of the out of her descent and manages to just glide away and then she swoops around circles chuck and lands in front of him and in front of felix and chuck shouts to felix says get pratchett to stand behind us come on we need to make our stand here boomer hold out a flamethrower in front of us don't let anything come near us just bide us some time but also catch that executor in it so executor needs to try and evade and we're just going to try and hold it as a concentration okay. 26 on the evasion. Yep, 29 damage. And Boomer's holding this flamethrower in front of her like a bit of a protective sphere of flame. The executor sees the flame after it singes its leaves and is going to go for its last psychic attack on Boomer. It does 17 psychic damage. Gone. So Boomer just... you, You just see the flame just stop. Boomer doesn't move, but you see the pink glow around its head and it just crumples to the floor onto the lift, which shudders as it hits the ground. And Chuck just cries out and says, Boomer, no! And runs runs up to her and just kind of grabs her neck before her head hits the floor. Felix, just standing firm as much as he can, Felix just shouts out to Red and Blue, What? What do you want from us? Just like, I don't think they're in the mood for talking. Red looks at you with his steely glare and Blue just doesn't say anything. And they both proceed to walk towards you with their Pokemon out. (laughs) Before, Felix is kind of taken aback. He wasn't really expecting much of a response, but he looks at Pratchett and goes, I'm so sorry, buddy. Just do the best you can. Just fire off an energy ball. Hit something can i aim them can i aim it at one of red or blue yeah i'm gonna aim an energy ball at red okay fuck it why not we'll just do normal damage yep why don't we do this earlier (laughs) 27 damage to red red gets hit by this energy ball and gets sent flying back across the warehouse past the big blast doors that you saw as you walked in and almost towards the crane that's in the middle, right past the fighting that goes on, and his Charizard just flies backwards to check if he's okay, and then turns and ignites Pratchett with just the... It's almost like the fire in its eyes, it just locks onto it, and Pratchett just feels the ground beneath it heat up, and then flames cover its body. Do less than 10 damage. I've already done more than 10 damage, so we'll, we won't even roll the rest of the dice. <laughs> the rest of the oh dice. How many? <laughs> Pratchett hits the floor. Felix running over to Pratchett. You're, you're both on the lift, just cradling your Pokemon in your arms. You've got nothing left, and everything seems like it's over. Oh my god. Chuck, with tears in his eyes, just shouts at Blue and says, We trusted you! Snap out of it already! You hear an explosion, followed by a cry, and Looker is thrown across the room, landing near you on the floor. And then you see Elizabeth 
standing behind the computer console, which is now starting to smudge, and small sparks are flying out of it. In the control room above you, you can see lots of activity. Sig and Freuder aren't stood there anymore, and the two grunts fighting Harry and Adam just drop to the ground, as Harry turns to Adam and shouts something. Adam looks at you and looks at Looker and just runs towards you. And as he gets to Looker, he tries to pick him up. Looker is not moving. Adam just shouts to you, stay on the lift. And then you feel a warm sensation. And you both start to emit a pink glow as you feel a force surround you. And Porygon Z zips around the warehouse and positions itself between the two of you. The lift bounces as Adam drags Looker onto the lift. And you look back towards the smoking computer console as Harry struggles against Elizabeth. And you see him mouth to you, see ya kiddo. And he slams his fist down on the console as Ms. Magia seems to just envelop him. Then you hear a groggy looker call out weakly, Harry. And he holds his hand out as there's a large bang followed by loud metallic clinking as the two blast doors close blocking off the rest of the warehouse and all of the members of team nightmare as well as your dad The floor beneath you seems to just fall as Adam hits the button to activate the lift after it's now flashing green. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you too. And time feels like it's slowed right down as you descend into the darkness below. So let's do XP for that fight. So we're going to split it equally because all of your Pokemon took part in the battle and they all fought hard. Each of your Pokemon is going to receive 9,200 XP. So before we end the episode, where does that leave our teams? It's a good spread of XP for me, but Brinplop levels up to level 13. And a good spread of XP for me. Also, Pratchett levels up to level 13, and Momo levels up to level 11 as well. Before we finish the episode then, what is going through your character's heads? Um, What's going through my head? Felix is exhausted emotionally and physically he's been through the ringer with everything that's happened in this tower before even that fight and then obviously that fight has just completely exhausted him he's worried about his pokemon he's worried about his friends he isn't sure if he's worried about his dad but he thinks he is because he's still trying to process all of that and yeah because we don't have potentially a, a real route forward here he's just quite lost I guess is probably the best way to describe it Mm. I suppose Chuck's probably overwhelming feeling right now is a little bit of a relief he's found Felix he's accomplished really what he came to do he's incredibly proud of his team and the the display we managed to put up against two champions Mm. um, as well but I think relief a little bit well what can I say after that our heroes have been wiped out and Felix has been torn away from his dad once again but the growing list of questions needs answers. Let's see if we can finally get some. Episode 51, Wait For This To Blow Over, drops in two weeks on February 22nd. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a thing. 
And while you're subscribing, you can also join us on Discord to talk to Jack, Chris and myself, as well as lots of other fans of the pod about all things Pokemon and MDAD related. As always, thanks to Chris for doing the music, and thanks to you for listening. Right, that's enough from me. See you next time.